How has student ministry changed over the past few years? That's what we're talking about today. Are you ready? Because it's time. You're listening to the Church Digital Sidekick Podcast, part of the TCD Podcast Network. Hey, girls, my name is Tom Pounder, and this is the Church Digital Sidekick Podcast. This is the podcast where I bring on ministry leaders, and we talk about how you can do ministry more effectively in this very digital and online world. And let's just be honest, we've talked about this numerous times, but COVID has changed so much. And in particular, COVID has changed the way we do ministry to students as well. And, uh, you know, even without COVID, to be honest, ministry would be changing over the past two years. But COVID made things change dramatically different in regards to how we minister to students. And so today I brought my friend back, Steve Cullum. Uh, Steve Cullum is a student pastor in Colorado, and he has been doing amazing work uh, with his ministry. And so I bring him on today, and we talk about how ministry has changed over the past two years. What's different? What's new? What are the things that you are taking with you as you get out of this pandemic era that we're in? And so Steve has been working hand-on-hand with a lot of different leaders and with a lot of different students. And so we have this great conversation. I'm really excited for you to hear it. But before we get into the conversation, I want to encourage you to check out the church.digital. At the church.digital, we have tons of great content, podcasts, blog posts, coaching, cohorts that will all help you in digital ministry, whether it's digital ministry, digital ministry, or metaverse ministry. We've got lots of different content there to help you and encourage you during this time. It's a great site to check out, so go to thechurch.digital today. All right, I'm ready to get into the conversation. Let's talk to Steve and how ministry to students has changed dramatically over the past two years. All right, with me right now is my friend, Steve Cullum. Steve, how are you? Hey, Tom. Uh, doing well. Kind of right here in the, the midst of, you know, wrapping up the school year, getting ready for the summer and all that stuff. So it's kind of chaotic in the ministry world and everything, but but I'm doing well. It's That's good to see good. you. It's great to see you. I mean, again, yeah, it's that, that time of year where a lot of student ministries are wrapping things up and getting ready to transition from school year stuff to the um, summertime stuff. So uh, yeah, it's very busy. Well, uh, before we get into the conversation a little bit, let, let's just remind people who you are and what you do. So give a quick little description. Yeah, so um, my name is Steve Cullum, and I have been doing student ministry um, for a career, I guess, uh, almost 20 years. Um, had some volunteer opportunities and internships and residencies and everything before that. Uh, but currently, I am the student pastor at LifeBridge Christian Church in Longmont, Colorado. And uh, also do various other things within the student ministry world, um, but have my my podcast, the Student Ministry Podcast, um, is available as well. And and through that, I just connect with others in in youth ministry, and we just talk talk shop. And uh, hopefully, the goal of that is just to connect people together and uh, learn from each other. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm you know again, you set it up really well because I'm really glad to have you on the podcast because we're going to talk about how student ministry has changed over the past. 20 years or so, or just how it's changed in particular over the past two years, but you've seen a lot of change over the, over your time. Uh, and, but before we do that, I do want to just say one thing, you know, St- Steve and I do a lot of work for orange, uh, and we, you know, um, yeah, we do a lot of work for orange and, <laughs> and hang out with them and do some blogging and that kind of stuff. Uh, and Steve actually went to the orange conference 2022, uh, and I did not. And so I'm very jealous because I was watching all of what Steve was posting and retweeting it. And it was awesome. So 
from afar, it looked like it was great. How, how was it? And how did it compare to previous years? Yeah, I, honestly, I was, I was very surprised um, because I really, I, I didn't think it'd be back in full force um, because of everything. I thought, you know, a lot of people are still playing it safe um, and, you know, going back to with, into a, a stadium or arena with that many people, um, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to happen, but I walked in and it was probably, I would say about 75% capacity of what we normally are right. at Orange Conference, um, which was really encouraging. And, and it was just really great to see a lot of my ministry friends that, um, that I haven't seen in several years, um, other than like Zoom calls um, right. and, you know, from afar. But, uh, but yeah, it was really cool to be back in that space and to just be energized by each other again. And uh, yeah, they made some changes as well, especially with the breakouts and how they did that this year. But, um, but yeah, overall it was, it was cool to be back and it felt, it felt like orange conference just with some, with some changes, but, uh, the, the, the place itself, like the whole arena area has like totally transformed. I don't, I didn't even recognize it other than the original arena itself. Everything else is completely transformed than an area. There's like several parking garages, they're building stuff all over the place. So yeah, next time you get down there, Tom, I I don't know if you'll recognize it. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was funny because the last year that we went to Orange in person before they had the two years, well, one was digital and then the one year they didn't have it. I remember they were working on like a a parking garage or they're working on some stuff. But again, it's been two years since I've been down there. And so if I go down there next year, it'll be three years. So, you know, it will be really different. Uh, So Mm -hmm. that's great, though. Uh, It's exciting to see that. And I mean, I just hope now that orange is back in they're doing the conference that you specialties will do a conference again uh, this coming Hopefully. year so that'll be it's fun yep. all right well steve let's talk about what we want to talk about and the, again w- the idea is youth ministry is constantly changing if you were doing the stuff that you were doing in the 90s you're not going to be effective anymore but over the last two years we've seen a dramatic shift in in how student ministry has ha- is changed So what have been some of the things that you've seen uh, that has really kind of struck a chord with you? Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, Tom, we're still trying to figure it out. I think, um, and, and real talk, I don't know. um, My opinion is that I, I think we, we as a church have rushed through this pandemic so much to get back to quote unquote normal that I don't know if we were able to really settle in the 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 change, the the pandemic, all the stuff that the pandemic brought enough to fully process how things really need to change moving forward. Um, but there are several things that I've picked up on uh, within our local ministry and other youth pastors that I've talked to. Um, and I think the biggest thing is something that needed to happen. I think probably almost all of these are things that needed to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. And the pandemic has just accelerated them. Um, probably didn't accelerate them nearly as much. And so if you're listening and like, I, I think, you know, think through those things, still, you know, push the ball forward um, for sure. Don't, don't have that tendency to go back to how it was before um, push it forward, go into directions that we haven't been before, or maybe haven't been for a long time. And so I think honestly that the big thing that comes to my mind is is this idea that for a long time we've we've treated the the program as the thing. Hmm. Um, students come to our program. It happens this time, this day, and and we pour all of our effort. We pull our all of our finances, everything into this program that we run for an hour or two a week, and all of a sudden, the the pandemic took it away. 
Like yeah. I don't have my program, my central thing that was my ministry is gone. Yeah. And so I think that's, that was, the, that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of the other things kind of stem from that, but the biggest thing that comes to my mind is we we've got to be willing to, to kill that program or at least not make it the central thing of what we do. We actually need to actually pastor students and their families, <laughs> like reach out to them. And sometimes that's going to include digital ways that we got to be thinking about how to connect with them, even if we're not face-to-face. Um, but it also is face-to-face stuff. We've got to be willing to go over to their house and, or, you know, stop in at their games, all that stuff that is just ministry outside of the program, I think is, is so important. Yeah, man, you hit on so many great things there. And I didn't even think about this, but you're right. I think we were in such a rush to get back to the old way we were doing that we never fully embraced a new way. And then we never really fully processed the new way uh, to do things. And as soon as we could get back in person, we were back in person and we were just expecting people to come back. And truthfully, I wonder if that's why we're like still struggling with church attendance where it's it was so terrible because people don't want to go back to the old way. They, they yeah. don't want to do that. Um, and then I also, I liked what you said again, when, when the pandemic initially hit and we weren't able to meet in person, we were going out and finding creative ways to go to them mm-hmm. and like going, like, I remember for our senior graduation stuff, we weren't able to do our graduation dinner. And so we went to every house individually with a gift and the sign and we had a socially distancing, but we went to people and yeah. we were checking in on people. We were calling people FaceTime. And now it just seems like, okay, that's what we, that's what we did during the pandemic. We don't have to do that anymore. Yep. And I, I mean, that's vital for student ministry. Mm-hmm. It's so, it definitely is. And, and what I experienced during that time was, yes, we had to think outside the box, mm-hmm. um, but that was a good thing. It was a good practice for us to go through, but it also, there was a freedom in that for me. It was like, man, I don't have to figure out how to do this, put this thing together and everything. I just got to, I just got to go out and, and reach teenagers and their families, like just pastor them. Hey, what are your needs are? What are, how can we be praying for you? Do you need some toilet paper? Do you need some, you know, hand sanitizer, whatever it is that's, you know, low, how can we help each other? And, and it felt like the church was actually being the church more than just putting on a program. I love what you just said there. I mean, we were pastoring people. That's why we got into ministry. Yeah. It's to pastor people, not to do programs. Right. Like I, you know, it's so funny because again, I serve dual roles. I do the online stuff and student ministry stuff at my church. And we were talking about our online experience and how we can make it more excellent and how we can make it better. And, and again, that's important. But I, I told them, I said, guys, we're going to have to have someone else look at that kind of stuff. Because really when I'm in the chat, my focus is ministry and how can I meet the needs of the people in our chat room, mm. not how I can make the guitar sound better online. I, I really don't care about that. Like, yep. I mean, I, I just care about our people experiencing Jesus during this time. So I think that's, man, you're, you're hitting on so many gold nuggets here, man. I love it. So, <laughs> so. yeah. And I, and I think, I think, yeah, we, we did need to, I mean, rethink digital. And I think, I think the biggest thing is, you know, what you just hit on too, is we have to like be able to think strategically around that. Um, I think Kerry Newhoff said, uh, a tweeted something just the other day about how, if he was to go back and his early ministry and tell his, his younger self something that yes, vision and mission is very important, 
but even maybe possibly more important is strategy. We've got to be able to think through like, how are we actually going to reach the people in, in our community and, and digital did open up a whole other possibility. Um, one of the things that we did during that time was we were running online game nights um, for our students to be able to hang out and get together. Well, I was reaching, you know, through the game nights, some kid in Pennsylvania and I live in Colorado and it was awesome. Like I was able to like think broader than just our community. Now our, our goal is still to reach our community, but it was cool that God was opening the doors for us to reach, you know, broader than that. Um, but what is our strategy behind that? Why did, why do we do certain things? And I think that goes back to programs as well. Like if we're going to run a program, like maybe only run that program, if that is the best thing for you to do, um, only do this thing online. If you feel like that is the best thing for you to do, and you actually have the capacity to pull that off. I think that's what we're trying to think through as well, because there's so many possibilities. There's so many opportunities out there to do ministry, but how has God gifted you specifically, your church specifically, the team members that you have on, whether volunteer or paid staff, how has God put those pieces together in order to you, for you to carry out your specific calling within the whole kingdom? Yeah. And uh, just to give a heads up, I mean, you and I talked about your online gaming and how that was awesome. And so it's on a podcast. So I'm going to include that in the show notes so you can refer back to that and see what Steve did for that. Oh, are you still doing some gaming stuff right now for your ministry? No, we actually haven't, um, which is, is really interesting because I think during a, a season, I think I, you know, was one of the many, but kind of gone to as like, oh, like Steve knows how to do the whole online game thing. And we were not doing it now. Um, <laughs> and uh, because I think it, really what I was just talking about, we had to evaluate um, what our capacity was, what our, our tool set was, what our real, all, our goal um, was and how to achieve that through a specific strategy. And yeah, most of the the people, like the teenagers within our community right now really did long for being back in person yeah. in, in some way. And we actually saw triple growth in our high school ministry wow. um, right when we were able to come back because they long for that in-person connection so much. We saw friends being brought every week, uh, multiple friends. Like, I don't, I really don't think we've had a week without seeing a new face at our, our student ministry program um, because they're longing for that so much at, in person. So we just, we thought, you know, we don't have the capacity right now to be able to do both. We're going to pour more into the in-person kind of stuff for now, yeah. even though we know that that's a, that's an area that we should focus on, but we don't have the capacity or, or anything to be able to pull it off well. Um, and so we've, we've kind of abandoned it for now. I mean, but that's totally fine because again, for every season, there's something and that during that season, the online gaming stuff was really effective for you and God was using it in a very powerful way. But again, mm -hmm. like so many of us, if you keep on trying to do so many things, you're not going to do them well and you're going to burn yourself out. And so, I mean, you have to really kind of pick and choose. There's lots of good things to do, but you have to choose what's best for your church and your ministry. So how have your in-person gatherings changed uh, over the years? Um, our in-person gatherings have went from very much what you would probably call like the stereotypical 90s, 2000s youth group nights yeah. with student band, high energy games, all the, the program, basically. And uh, we are so focused on small groups right now um, that some of us, some people from the outside looking in going, 
do you actually have a youth group? Um, because we're so heavily focused on small groups and we've seen that shift over the last several years, not just within COVID. COVID, as I said earlier, just kind of accelerated that. So that's that's probably the biggest thing that as far as like our week to week kind of uh, program and our ministry, um, we've seen a, sh a shift that we needed to make within um, uh, small groups specifically. Do you do a small group night at your church or do you do small groups in communities? We do it at our church. Um, for now, um, the the desire is there uh, to to do it in communities. I would love to do it at homes. Um, our leadership right now has has stated that it, we just feel more comfortable doing it at the church because we can kind of control a lot more. Um, and you know, you have do you do have leaders uh, right now? We're we're still I think a lot of people are are in full time recruiting mode right now, and so we don't have all the leaders we really need. And when you don't have that, it's hard to you know have a a group at a at a home and all of a sudden you're like oh one leader can't be there and now you're alone with the kids and it just creates all these like kind of logistical things that our our leadership just we decided not to not to jump into that right now so we we have them at the church uh that's that's awesome um i've always wanted to do small groups at at in the my church but we've never been able to really figure that out well we actually just do them in different people's homes um mm -hmm. but again different area different times different places Mm -hmm. Um, what, uh, how has the last two years, what has it done for your leadership team, your volunteers? Has it been harder for you to recruit and train volunteers or, or how has that worked? Yeah, I think in, in the beginning, um, we had already made that shift to go, uh, to a more small group focus. So the shift to online groups in that moment was actually fairly easy, um, we basically just needed to train some of our, our leaders how to use Zoom or whatever the platform they were going to use and getting the word out communication was really the hardest part in the beginning. Um, it was it was almost impossible to recruit anybody during that time, though, because you're like, what, do, what are you recruiting to? I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like in six months, let alone next week. Mm -hmm. But so it was really hard to recruit to people at that point. But we did have a bunch of leaders who stuck stuck with it during that time. So very, very thankful for them. Um, but since then, I think we've, we've seen a more of a need to, to pass ownership over to our leaders. Um, so they're not just small group leaders. They are really owning the ministry, almost kind of treating them as, as youth pastors of their, their small group. And so more ownership, more equipping them, more empowering them. And so we're, as we're recruiting them, that's kind of what we're calling them to now. Like where it's not just, Hey, I need someone to lead a discussion, you know, for an hour uh, on a Sunday night. Now I need you to um, be able to dedicate some time to really pouring into some students because number one, they're not always going to come on a Sunday night. Um, and so you got to be able to reach out to them, um, care for them and be texting them or go on social media, wherever it is, meet them where they are. Um, because that's, that's the ministry outside the program. And so that's been the biggest thing for, for me in recruiting, taking care of our existing leaders, but also recruiting new leaders is really being able to articulate what we're calling these, these leaders to. Yeah. But at the same time, that's a huge ask for a lot of people. Like that's a, that's a big ask for, for volunteers who already have their own families, own jobs, all these different things. And so we have also began creating some additional opportunities for volunteers within our ministry 
that are at a lot lower capacity um, so that people don't have to just jump all the way into small group leader and all that entails, but yeah. they could also do some other things that they require a little less time. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And I, I know you and I kind of talked about this a little bit offline a little bit, um, but you know, with, with volunteer leaders, as you're encouraging people to reach out to kids um, throughout the week, one of the best ways to do it is through your smartphone and, you know, just ch doing the smartphone. But with that, I mean, again, this is something that the thing about over the past two years, it's really accelerated that of, hey, you might have to start, if you don't have one already, implement some sort of social media policy or, you know, smartphone policy, whatever you want to call it, that incorporates texting, FaceTiming stuff, because it, again, it's a messy thing. Kids are on their smartphones all the time and you want, you know, leaders to be able to connect with them, but you also want to protect your leaders from any kind of false accusations or want to protect the kids from other stuff as well. So you have, it's a tricky thing to, to kind of go around. So if you haven't figured one out yet, you're, you're not alone. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure <laughs> mine out too, but it's something to consider. Absolutely. Um, Steve, what else have you seen? I think, uh, I think this is across the board. It's not just within our ministry here in Colorado. It's across the board. Every youth pastor I talk to, um, mental health, is a huge struggle. It was before. And again, pandemic only accelerated it. And so we are seeing so many students who are, are struggling with depression, anxiety, um, suicidal ideation, all that stuff. And on top of that, honestly, like it's, it's become, <laughs> um, I'm going to choose my words wisely. It is become, uh, addictive, I guess, in a way. Um, it's it's past the point at least with with gen z it's it's past the point of like accepted where it's almost encouraged mm. like and so i think we have a lot of students who are attaching themselves to some sort of anxiety or depression even when their life is actually pretty good yeah. um but they feel like they need to say their life is not so good so they can either get attention or they fit in or whatever but also at the same time we have <laughs> this this could be a podcast in and of itself um <laughs> we have we have our own like we have a bunch of students who have so much information at their fingertips um about all the world that's going through but also like <laughs> I, I laugh about it because I, I tell my mom all the time i was like don't go to dr webmd like go to actual doctor but we have a bunch of students who are like able to find out you know, all this different stuff from some credible resources and some not so credible resources and their own diagnosis and all these different things. And so they have a friend that's struggling with whatever they're jumping on top of that and going, oh, you probably also have anxiety. You probably also have depression like me. And so there's just false narrative that's being told as well. And so as youth pastors, like we're, we're trying to tell them about Jesus, but at the same time, we're like, man, the, the mental health has got to be addressed in some way and, and all of those different ways. So that's, that's only become like, you know, going from, you know, priority five, six to all of a sudden that is, is priority 10. It needs to be. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I, one mental health is definitely something that kid, the stats don't lie. Kids are really dealing with a lot of stuff and for Absolutely. a variety of different reasons. Uh, but the reality is, I, I think what you said about, you know, almost kids may be pressured to feel like, oh, this person has this, I'm, I, I have to have something too, you mm -hmm. know, and, you know, it's not necessarily always attention getting, 
but it's just something to try to explain what they're thinking through and feeling through. And I, I had a person who was a team that I was talking to uh, within the past month who they, they just could not fully articulate what they were going through. And, and, and they kept on going round and round in circles and it was almost making me dizzy. It's just like, I, they, yeah, it, mental health is definitely something that, that has escalated over the past two years for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I would encourage everybody, if you're not connected with mental health organizations in your community, if you don't have a plan, like who you can refer people to, if you don't have a um, plan on how to train your own volunteers and how to deal with some basic mental health stuff, um, it's time to get on that because we, we've got, we've got it all around us before it was, you know, a few of our students. Now it's well over half of our students that are really struggling in that area. Yeah. Um, well, Steve, as we kind of wrap up, do you have any more thoughts or yeah? Yeah, I think, um, I think two other things, um, that really hit, I, actually I'd say three, um, quickly is discipleship, um, has become more and more of a focus. We've got to not only disciple our, our students, but I'd say our leaders and our parents, um, and not only help them become disciples, but disciple makers. That's, that's huge because we've got to start replicating. It's not just enough to come to our program and come to the church every week. And that's it. Um, we've got to actually, if we're going to make a significant dent in the, in the, the spiritual, you know, um, world, like we, we really need to be able to make disciple makers. Um, and then I'd also say, um, we need to start planning ahead, but with flexibility. I think, I think we, <laughs> too many, too many other people I've seen that, that just go week to week. And it's just like flying by the seat of the pants. They're not going to have a plan, but at the same time, like we cannot foresee another pandemic coming out of the, you know, the woodwork. So like, we have to be flexible in, in our plans, but still plan. Um, and I think the last thing that I'd say is I, I've seen an increased need for networking and coaching and connecting with each other. We have way too many youth pastors that are jumping ship and not just going to another church, but stopping ministry altogether yeah. because they're just burnout. They don't know what to do. They're, they don't have any support, any of that stuff. And they're jumping ship altogether. And, uh, and how are we actually going to make an impact on this next generation? If we don't have some, some people that are called by God to lead that charge. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, we've got to be networked and connected together because if we're expecting of our students for them to be connected, like we got to be doing that ourselves. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this for a little bit, because I think these, the last three things have been awesome. Uh, well, your, all your points have been awesome, but these last three things, the discipleship thing, I think it's easy to think, oh, discipleship's a trending word with churches and everything like that. But the reality is, if you're doing student ministry right, I think you're, you're, you're doing discipleship. And again, that's why I think about like how we're going away from program and high program, high energy, high crazy stuff. And we're focusing on discipleship because ultimately discipleship is where you want to get to anyways. But if you start with a big outreach event, you're, you're going to the funnel of, hey, you want to be discipling these kids in small groups and in one-on-one -on -one conversations. So discipleship is not some buzz trendy thing. This is something that student ministry leaders should be doing. Uh, and there's lots of great resources out there. Uh, for discipleship. Uh, the other thing you mentioned um, about networking with other youth pastors, you're a part of a networking group. What's the networking group that you're a part of? 
Yeah, so um, a couple of different ones, but the one I'm mainly involved in is National Network of Youth Ministries. Um, so I, I lead up the the Colorado, um, the Colorado coordinator. So goal of yeah, connecting every youth worker in Colorado with a, a network that is um, close by where they can grow together, connect with each other, encourage each other, um, and that sort of thing. So yeah, National National Network of Youth Ministries is a great resource. Yeah, there's lots of great around. So I'll include a link for national youth workers there. Again, I, I see you talking about it a lot. And you actually had a meetup at the Orange Conference, right? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome just to get a bunch of youth workers together and eat some amazing barbecue. So that was that's always good. But uh, yeah, it was we we had just I think there was like 45 or so. And honestly, it was kind of thrown together. You know, we were like, hey, we got to do something. So we we planned this within like a week. And yeah, we had 45 other youth workers there because we need that connection. And so many of them, honestly, Tom, like so many of them were not connected at all. We weren't reaching people that were already connected. Um, we were reaching like probably I'd say 35 of those 45 were not connected at all in any way. And they knew, knew nothing about networking, but their desire is so much there. So I would encourage everybody, like, if you've not reached out to other youth workers in your neighborhood, in your community, like, make a list, just go to Google or whatever, and just like make a list of like five other churches you want to connect with and just start there, make that phone call, stop by their office, um, we've got to be in this together. And, um, and if we're not like that, that's, that's on our responsibility as well as as a youth worker, we need to reach out to fellow youth workers. I mean, sometimes you just got to cold call someone and just say, hey, you want to go grab some lunch or coffee together? Yep. I mean, and share war stories. That can be so refreshing for someone. Totally. It doesn't have to be a part of a national organization. It just be you and local. I like, I like yep. what you said there. So, yeah. Steve, this has been awesome. Um, you, you're great. you got tons of great insights. Um, Thanks. How can someone connect with you uh, if they want to connect with you? Yeah, probably the the best way really is is my website. It's stevecullum.com. So that's S-T-E-V-E-C-U-L-L-U-M. And uh, yeah, and links to my social media and blog and uh, podcast and anything is is pretty much on there. But if you do want to find me on social media, it's at Steve Cullum, uh, pretty much on all the, the things out there. And the, the podcast is the Student Ministry Podcast. You can find it on pretty much every podcast app out there. And uh, yeah, be great to... Uh, feel free to connect with me and ask any follow-up questions or anything like that. If I said something that even rubbed you the wrong way, I'd love to have a great conversation around that as well. That That's awesome. And please tell me you're, you're enjoying Twitter and you love Twitter a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter's still my, uh, my go-to social media for myself. Like yeah. it's been the ministry itself has kind of went in some different directions. I feel like Instagram is kind of that thing, but Twitter is still for me. Um, even though there's a lot of craziness out there and who knows where Elon Musk is going to take it, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's still, it's still my personal, uh, social media of choice. Yeah. I, I love seeing your posts. So uh, again, follow him on Twitter, check out his blog. His podcast is awesome. He's got a lot of great stuff. So I'm going to set, I'll include all his links in the show notes so you can follow him uh, today. Steve, thanks, man. It's always great catching up with you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. All right. So what did you think? What stood out to you from that conversation? You know, I love talking to Steve's again, Steve's been in ministry for over 20 years uh, and he's been doing some great stuff. And it's just always great to catch up with him. But he had a lot of great insights. And one thing that he talked about that I forgot to mention in our interview was the fact that, you know, you go from week to week planning. And in COVID, for a long time, it was week to week planning. 
because you didn't know if you're going to have to shut back down because of number of cases and whatnot. But now is the time that you have to start planning ahead again. You know, again, it was always great for ministry to be planning ahead six months, a year ahead of time. Now, again, it could change, you know, but at least you're being planned out. Well, the week-to-week planning needs to stop, and we need to start going back to long-term planning and strategies so that we can minister to students more effectively. That was something that really encouraged me and really challenged me, uh, and something I wasn't able to mention with Steve, um, but it was something that really struck a chord with me. But what struck a chord with you? What, what encouraged you? What challenged you? What made you think? What is something that maybe we talked about that we didn't share that you're feeling? I would love for you to put it in the comment section below or hit me up on Twitter, at TA Pounder. I would love to continue this conversation online. And actually, Steve is on uh, Twitter as well. We would both love to continue this conversation online. So make sure you hit us up on Twitter or definitely in the comments section. All right, heroes. Well, thanks so much for being with me today. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to it. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on uh, YouTube. It, you can also find it at thechurch.digital along with a lot of other content there. So we'd love for you to check it out today. All right, heroes. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Until next time, have a great one.